All right, welcome back to the Now Infected Meathead podcast with Brian and Kirby. Both of us are feeling a little under the weather, so this should be a little interesting. We had a slate of things to talk about today, but I feel like with the way the game went yesterday, the only thing that anyone wants to talk about is how completely inept Matt Nagy is. What do you think, Kirby? I mean, you couldn't have said it any better. I mean, it's it's him, and we've been saying that since day one of this podcast, that Matt Nagy is the issue. I mean, you even got um, an analyst on ESPN, NFL Network, even going so far to say, we apologize to Mitch Trubisky because we realized you weren't the problem. Um, that was my favorite part of <laughs> Get Up was just Ryan Clark just yeah. – Dear Mitch Trubisky, yeah, I apologize. I apologize. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's 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 pretty telling, man. I think you know you you can't get over the fact that this is it's a, it's been a sinking ship for a while now, and it's unfortunate that you know people are just not starting to realize that I was kind of really kind of dumbfounded the past two off seasons now why people. We're like giving Matt Nagy a pass, and even to go into the the point of like giving him props for being, you know, a good offensive coach. And I was like, if you watch the Bears consistently, that's that's not the that's not the case at all. So, yeah, it it is completely just dumbfounding. I mean, I know I said in the first podcast that it wasn't all Trubisky and it wasn't all Nagy, but after Sunday, I mean. I almost have to go with it was strictly naggy. Like I've said it for a long time. I know I've said it to you through text and that before that I believe that it was more Nagy's fault. But then seeing that last season where Trubisky struggled just reading defenses, I'm like, okay, well maybe it wasn't all Nagy. Maybe it was Trubisky being kind of inept as a quarterback, but like how much of that is what we had talked about last night, just him being almost broken mm. from horrible, horrible play calling and not using him the correct way that you just ruined a player. I mean, the preseason game that the Bears played Buffalo, like he eviscerated our starting defense when a lot of the starters were out there for like 15 plays mm. and he just completely ate them alive. Yeah. I think, you know, obviously <clears throat> Trubisky's better than what was advertised when he was under uh when he was with us under under Nagy. However, I don't think he would have been the tight like we weren't gonna win a Super Bowl with, with Trubisky at, at quarterback. You know, I think there was as much as much as we're starting to see how much Nagy was at fault for the shortcomings of Trubisky. I still think there are some 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 things, some intangibles that Trubisky was missing that he wouldn't have been able to take us to the Super Bowl, um, you know, or even really deep in the playoffs to, for that matter. Um, but I think he does. I think he does get a pass. I think at a minimum, I think the way that he left Chicago, people regarded him as a worse quarterback than you know some of the worst, some of the bad quarterbacks we've had in Bears history. Um, you know, um, and I think, um, you know, now with, with people starting to finally realize and get a sense of 
how bad Nagy is just as a coach. I think, you know, I think there's there's room for Trubisky to redeem himself if given the opportunity. So, I mean, and not only did Nagy totally screw up Mitch Trubisky in Chicago, but he cost him so much money. I mean, the film that was put on of Trubisky, like, no one wanted to sign the dude in the offseason. Like, mm-hmm. nobody. You know, he took a backup $2 million, like, contract with Buffalo. And I bet after this game alone, you're going to find a coach that will take a flyer on him when he's in a free agent again. Mm-hmm. And he's probably going to get a starting job or get to compete for a starting job in an organization that will need someone. Because yeah. this proves that it wasn't all him like you can be like what he showed in that preseason game is he's open to coaching and he can play well with good coaching and if you get the right scenario I do think he could go deep into the playoffs he would need a very good defense but like you put him in even like Denver you know with that defense that they got there I think he could like thrive in that type of situation because he wouldn't have an inept play caller that doesn't go to his strengths. Yeah. I mean, I think so. I think the one thing area that, you know, and again, this is coachable and obviously Nagy didn't do a good enough job coaching him on this is the whole issue with when it came to him reading defenses, there's, there's, you know, that's, that's something again, that's, that's coachable. You can figure it out. You know, I, I hope that, you know, that's what's happening within uh, Buffalo with him right now. He's learning to read defenses. Um, but, you know, it, it, I think it's – it's. I <clears throat> was it last year or I think maybe even the past two years when we played the Packers and they were like, yeah, you know, Mitch Trubisky has all these tendencies. We know he's, you know, this type of quarterback. We know he's going to do these types of things when he's behind center. And I think that speaks to – the cap on his level of play, right? Like that is, it's, it's, yes, a lot of it is Nagy and his play calling, but a lot of it was also Mitch and his, you know, lack of elite talent, I'll say. He's a talented, obviously talented because he went where he did in the draft, um, you know, but I think there's, he's not an elite talent in the NFL. Possibly no, could no. be a starter again for some other team. Honestly, with you mentioning Denver. Um, you know, if the whole Teddy Bridgewater thing doesn't work out for him, I could see him ending up in a place like Denver with or Washington. Fang or Washington. Um, but Denver, especially with Fangio having familiarity with him already. Um, but yeah, I, I think I think he he could possibly start again in the NFL. I don't think he's a, a consistent playoff quarterback in the NFL, though. I think in the right system, he could be because. While he does have his issues, he wasn't the guy that would cost you the game. Like, Mm -hmm. he always – he had that clutch gene where he played better in the fourth quarter. So, when when you needed something, he more than not could make that happen. And to your point of the 
the Packers players saying that. It also makes you wonder, like, was that really Trubisky's issue or was that a matter of they knew exactly what was going to go down because of the the bad play calling? I mean, because like we talked about earlier today, a good coach coaches receivers open. Nagy seems mm-hmm. to just be like, oh, go stand on the five-yard line and we'll see what happens. Like, yeah. he he's just running a system that just is – mind-numbing to watch and every defense has figured it out and not a single he doesn't change anything like he normally when you go into half that's why they call it the tail of the two halves is normally adjustments are made and the game flip-flops because you adjust because you were doing poorly so you make adjustments and then the other team does poorly because they didn't adjust because they were doing everything right. Why would they change? Mm. But we start off bad and end bad because Nagy's like, oh, no, it'll it, if we just keep slamming into this wall, eventually we'll punch through it. And you can't do that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Nah, he, he I mean. I think inept is, is a polite way to put it, put it at this point. I think, you know, there's how bad he is as a coach. It reared his ugly head this week. So, um, but I, I think what's, I, what we, and what we should get into, right, and what we kind of talked about and disagreed about a little bit too is obviously Nagy is who he is, right? He's a bad coach. The only way that you even halfway some kind of, you know, halfway – salvage this season as if he gets for the play calling, but even that's only going to take us so far because, <coughs> excuse me, because uh, Nagy's still there. But the question I think is the question that we've debated and gone back and forth about, and I know in our group text we've gone back and forth about, is whether or not Justin Fields should continue starting under Nagy in this coaching regime. Um, because I, I, I think, this is, again, my opinion, with a performance like last Sunday, outside of the obvious, right, the risk to, you know, potentially getting Justin Fields injured, hurt, killed, quite frankly, with nine sacks, um, you know, I think there, 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 there's, there's a point where you see a young guy take not only a lot of hits, but not be coached up and not be put in positions to win where they start doubting themselves. And I think, um, <clears throat> I forget who it was, but they had a good point. I think it was uh, uh, Rex Ryan um, had a good point. Um, you look at what the Jets are doing with uh, with what's-his-face, the rookie quarterback that they have up there. And he Zach came Wilson. in, Zach Wilson, right, came into the draft. Super confident guy, super accurate quarterback, you know, which is why he went, I think, the second quarterback off the board. And they're saying that he's being ruined in New York right now, which I think is, it's 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 happening. And that's not to say that, you know, at some point in time, if Zach, you know, he, he gets put into an offense that actually, you know, um, uh, suits him, you know, and suits his strengths, that he won't, you know, rebound or whatever and regain his confidence. But I think right now is what you're seeing is what I'm scared of happening to Justin Fields is a quarterback – who, you know, I don't think it's fair to, to rate Justin Fields' performance on the field on Sunday, but a quarterback who's been put in a situation, 
not winning, taking a lot of hits, you know, and it's potentially gotten worse from now three three weeks straight has gotten this performance has gotten worse. I don't want to see that happen to Fields. Um, you know, which is it, it could not happen, but the possibility that that it could is what concerns me. And then it becomes a much larger project than it just being okay, we're 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 rolling a rookie quarterback in and we're pushing him in when he's ready versus now we've got to figure out how to get this quarterback out of his head, i.e. Mitch Trubisky, um, how to get this quarterback out of his head so that he can play at a high level again. And to me, that's 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 a project that I think it it, it it's just a it's a much harder harder thing to accomplish. Yeah, and I mean, I I get what you're saying, I do, but so my my biggest concern is, okay, if Matt Nagy is not going to call a competent game, just even competent doesn't have to be a good game, just competent. If he's going to call a game like how he called Cleveland, Field should never start another game this season, period. Right. Because right. you're going to ask to get that kid <laughs> paralyzed. Like you were just screaming for him to be hurt. And I don't want any player to be hurt. I don't think any quarterback should play in that system if he's going to call a game that way. I will say that if they can call at least a competent game, I would personally prefer fields to start because even though I don't trust Nagy one little bit, I think that the experience of starting the games, you know, like the Troy Aikmans, like the Peyton Mannings that went three and 13, that like struggled hard their rookie season, throwing more picks than touchdowns, players like that. I mean, that's what you knew you were going to have if you started a rookie quarterback their first year, like fresh from college. Like back then you knew that that's what you were going to have. You were going to have a terrible season, but if you're going to call a game that could borderline kill somebody, you should no quarterback should step into that situation, period. And if Fields does not have a strong enough mental state to know I'm a rookie, I might go three and 14 now and be okay with that, then he shouldn't be a quarterback to begin with. Like, he should be able to take his bumps, know that it's the NFL, you're learning a new speed. All the players are the top-tier players like you were in college. Here, everyone's that top-tier player. So, like, if he can't mentally handle that, he shouldn't start is my thing. That's why I don't think the confidence would be an issue for that is he doesn't seem like a guy that would be shaken by that. He'll accept the challenge. He'll move on. He'll learn from it. He'll be good. But again, if you're going to call a stupid ass game like that, and what was it? Dan Orlowski said that like out of the 20 dropbacks he had, like 15 of them were in five man fronts Mm -hmm. against Clowney and Miles Garrett. Like, are you Mm -hmm. kidding me? Mm -hmm. You're going to have, five people protecting on like three quarters of those snaps. Like if you're going to call that, don't start that kid. (coughs) Yeah, I agree. I mean, one, I don't think there is ever a point where, you know, we'll see competent play calling where, um, you know, we'll have a situation where 
Fields will be pr- protected. Like I, I just, I don't, I don't think that will happen. Um, I think a combination of both Matt Nagy and his insistence to continue play calling, or even having an influence in the play calling, which I assume is what even what happened last year when uh, Laser started calling uh, call plays, because he just seen he just comes across as a super just not super arrogant, but just stubborn. He comes across as stubborn. Um, I don't see a point where we get in a position as a team where it's like, okay, cool. We know at least <coughs> we're putting Justin Fields in. He'll be protected, and if he does mess up, he's learning from his mistakes. And I think to your point about you know him having the mental mind, you know the mental the mindset and the mental the capacity to be like, all right, cool. I know I'm coming as a rookie. I'm gonna mess up and everything. That's very true. But I think in this situation, when you have huge question marks looming over the head of both the GM and the coach and not knowing, you know, you're going in there and you're struggling and you know it's, it's, it's a horrible offense. You know, the media's calling it out and they're saying it's a horrible offense. At some point in time, you begin questioning, like, well, where is the silver lining, right? Like, I'm not going to get any better in this offense. There's no room for me to get better in this offense. There's, there's no way Justin Fields can get better in a Matt Nagy offense. No, <clears> Matt he, Nagy. He'll Matt get Nagy. the experience of seeing the field, seeing the speed, seeing the defenses. Which is true, right? And and, and, and he'll get that experience, but it goes for, for, for what, right? Like, you'll get the experience, but if at the end of his first year, I've got, got all this experience, but I'm instilling this horrible, horrible offense, that's not developing me at all, and in some ways, maybe even re- make, making me regress as, a, as a, just a, a quarterback, maybe even an athlete. Then I think I think it does put him in a position potentially, right? Because I don't I don't know this guy from you know Susie Davis or whoever. Um, I think it could potentially put him in a position where it's like you begin to question things. Like I'm tied into this quarterback. I'm tied into this team. I'm trying my hardest to to improve. And here we are. I can only go so far, and it ends up breaking him. And I think that's that's a little bit of what we saw with Mitch Trubisky. Granted, Mitch Trubisky didn't come in possibly with the same level of confidence as a Justin Fields. However, I do think you know Mitch Trubisky coming in as again a high pick quarterback early off the board, coming in thinking like, oh, cool, I'm 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 coming in as a part of this rebuilding franchise. I know I've got these skill sets. I know I'm going to be successful in the NFL. I'm going to turn this franchise around and then being bottle capped. Even so far saying, I'll go even so far to say that he's handicapped, you know, in an offense that, you know, is, is doesn't play to his strengths, which is, you know, you need, you need a, a, a mobile pocket. You need to have, agile defender, I mean, uh, offensive line, particularly your tackles, and you need to have a coach who's going to call plays not only to your strengths but to the strengths of your team. Example, get passes to Allen Robinson. So I just think, in my opinion, right, in, in the system that we have now with this coach, I, it, it, I think there's too much risk, right? I, and I don't think – I think there's less of a risk to sit Justin Fields and let him develop – you know, in in and this is like one of the only things that I'll ever agree with Matt Nagy about is rolling him out and putting him in in certain situations and certain plays, scheming him into the game as needed, 
as opposed to making him a full-time starting quarterback because you're risking injury and you're risking longevity in, in terms of, of him just being just like a recoverable, for lack of a better term, a recoverable and, and, and headstrong athlete that's going to succeed in the league. I just I, – I, with a team that's going nowhere, man, I, I say let him, let him sit, man, and, and roll him in slowly. Um, and, and let him develop, man, and, and, and really let the next regime take over because uh, this is this is not it. Maggie should not have a hand in grooming this guy and preparing him. There's there's nothing to be learned from him being in a Matt Nagy offense. So hearing you say that, I think this is why we, like, have butted heads on this discussion is it, it may not be how you mean – what you mean, but this is the way that it kind of sounded to me is I'm looking at it as an aspect of Nagy's gone after this season. Like, because unless he can turn the page with fields and they start doing something, I don't see any way, shape or form, especially after, I mean, I don't know how he currently still has a job, but I'm going into it as Nagy will be gone because he's an inept, just, the worst play caller I've ever seen in my entire life. Mm. I mean, Dan Orlovsky is the little meme thing I sent you went 0-16 and, and said that's the worst play caller he's ever seen yeah. in life. Like, so I'm going into it thinking Nagy will be gone. So let the kid get some experience to learn a few things about the game, about the speed, about everything else, and hopefully – I mean, with the next play mentality, he can just wipe out everything that Nagy had ever said to him when new coach comes in. Mm. That's why I don't think Nagy could break him because I don't, I mean, and besides physically by that play call, but the that's kind of my thing is if the Bears keep Nagy after this year, if they continue to do what they are doing, then I don't know if I can be a fan of the team because that's just ridiculous. Like Trubisky had no choice. He was locked into it for three years mm-hmm. because of that contract. Mm-hmm. But like Fields is, you would point out asking where's the light at the end of the tunnel, the light at the end of the tunnel, hopefully would be at the end of this year or sooner. And Nagy's ass is gone. <laughs> Yeah, I, I agree, but that's that's the the biggest misnomer, right? That's that's the big question mark. Um, you know, in 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 all honesty, like inside the Bears organization, they they knew that they had a problem when it came to to, to Matt Nagy. Now, granted, a lot of that was deflected onto to Mr. Bisky, but they knew Matt Nagy in terms of his play calling. There was there was internally, I, I I'd assume that there was discussions about that last year, which is why. Um, they all, um, you know, there was a, a press conference at the end of the year um, with, uh, you know, Ted uh, or whoever, like the ownership of McCaskies and everybody or whatever, um, you know, all sitting there and, and, and basically voicing their support for both Pace and Nagy. Um, so there's no telling at the end of this year what Bears ownership will do, right? There's no, who knows, right? Like you would think logically, right, if, if you or I, we're in the we're, we're the McCaskey family, and we're making decisions. Like, of course, forget waiting until the end of the year. Like, you know, uh, Nagy wouldn't have a job now. Pace wouldn't have a job now. But the fact that they've survived this long, 
there's no telling what happens at the end of the year and what they decide to do with the team. Um, and and it have and, and because that's the big question mark, and because you know there's 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 you know that that light at the end of the tunnel we can't see it yet. That's why I'm saying you know hey, sit the guy down, sit 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 Fields down for uh, at no fault of his own. He's a talented quarterback who he's probably long term going to be okay in the NFL. Won a lot of ball games in the NFL. But I mean, you put them in there, and, and you you put them out there right now, and, and you're really putting them out there. There's a slaughter. I mean, that's that's the only way to to really kind of look at it because it's not like he's developing any skills. Yes, he's getting the experience, but you know he's going to have that re- that experience regardless because he's a, he's an NFL quarterback. He's going to get snaps. Um, <clears throat> other than experience, you're you're not you're not really giving him any, anything to work with. It's not like he's in a system where he's able to like cool, I'm reading this, I'm reading that, I'm making wise decisions because Matt Nagy's office it does not allow quarterbacks to make decisions on their own. It's, it's all scripted, it's all game flow, it's all quick passes to certain individuals or whatever trying to beat the defense. It's, it's not your typical NFL offense. So I don't know. I, I just I feel bad for the kid, to be honest, more than anything because, you know, I, I, I know – Inside, he's probably he's probably seething. He's probably, <coughs> probably excuse me. He's pissed off um, because he's in this situation where you know there, there there is no light at the end of the tunnel. There's there's no way out of right now. Um, and he even said it in his press conference, right? Like he had never he's never been in this position before uh, to the point where he got goosebumps. Um, you know, so I feel bad for the kid, um, but I think the best thing for 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 him right now and his long-term development and even for the Chicago bears and the, 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 just the, the, the team is, you know, to take this one slow because despite the fact that we, we, we did well and got in there and, and picked him up and, you know, got our franchise quarterback, we had so many other question marks across the entire franchise to where now he's in a situation that he cannot fix on his own especially as a rookie quarterback. You know, there's there's a lot of other things on this team that have to be figured out in order for this team to actually function, you know, and, and look like, you know, a team that we would want to watch, you know, on a Monday night or Sunday night or Thursday night game. Um, yeah, we just we – just, we have a lot of other things we need to fix. And I, I think it's it's putting too much pressure on a, on a young rookie quarterback to to expect him to come into a horrible just just shitty ass situation in Chicago and expect him to to perform, I just I don't think it's fair for him and I, for us as fans. I don't think it's it's really fair to to really see him come in and just suffer for the sake of suffering and not getting anything out of it other than experience. So yeah, but also like and this is why I keep going back to Nagy sucking is you see it all the time when you have good coaches versus bad coaches, where good coaching elevates the play of bad players to make them okay. They elevate good players to make them great. They make great players Hall of Fame. You know, you see it all the time in how quickly teams turn around. I mean, look at when we had Lovey Smith, how good the defense was, and then it went to Mel Tucker. And we had never seen the defense in Chicago that 
inept. Then we got Vangio, and he turned the scrub guys into Pro Bowl type players. And then the defense got stronger. Like you can change the weaknesses of the team with good coaching, and then those weaknesses aren't as glaring. That's our biggest issue is like you can't I I don't put any blame on a single player for Sunday because like if you are too dumb to know that while Jason Peters is a good player still, I would still say he's a good player. He's not great because he's older right. and he's slipped. Right. He can he's still play in NFL. starting NFL. But you put him on an island against Garrett, like that dude is like half his age and a monster, right. and you can't expect Peters to hold up. And then I know you saw it in one of those videos, like you put Cole Kmet on Miles Garrett. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, what are you thinking? Like, it's stuff like that that just makes it so much worse. That makes the holes worse. That, like, I don't know. It just it's just blows me away. And that's the main reason, like, you have to get rid of that dude. And you have to – You. that's why I think you almost have to play fields just so he gets the experience, hopefully knowing that Nagy's gone. Because if Nagy isn't gone and he sits, well, then do you play fields next year or do you sit fields for another year because Nagy's still the coach? No, I think I think you know if if it God forbid Nagy somehow survives this year, comes back again next year, right? Is when you you roll him out in year two because you've had a whole year for him to groom. You rolled you rolled him out slowly. It's not that he's been sitting on the bench for the entire year, right? It's you go back to the original plan of Matt Nagy's, which again I'm not I don't like co-signing anything that Matt Nagy does, but I think was somewhat of a good plan with you roll him out, you play him situationally or whatever, you get him actual NFL snaps, you give him opportunity to score, you put him in a position of being of of, of being able to be successful. And then in year two, you start him, right? Andy Dalton's gone because that contract was a one year. Nick Foles is now finally gone or whatever. So all you have to do is backfill your backups or whatever and let Foles take complete control of the team you know, in, in terms of, of being able to run the offense to his strengths. That's, I think, is, is, is what you would do if you – if what a coach would do, a competent coach would do, if they were looking at fields as, as okay, cool, we're going to roll him out slowly. Um, but because it's Matt Nagy, I don't even think that that's even a part of his thinking. Um, no, because he's knows. – to the player's strength, not played to yeah, Nagy. Exactly, Nagy Madden right, version of what he thinks. Yeah, his indoor football league playbook. So, um, I don't know, man. It's 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 one of those situations. As like I said, I feel the worst for Justin Fields because regardless of if he's playing this year or if they end up benching him for the rest of the year, this kid is in a situation with Matt Nagy that you know by all signs, right? Over the past four years. You know, Matt Nagy is showing himself again and again to be a toxic coach and not in the sense of like, oh, he treats his players bad in the sense of, oh, no, he can't run an offense, nor can he develop players. So you're brand new in the NFL and you're a rookie and you're with, 
literally someone who, you know, these analysts are, are literally <laughs> saying this guy should not, I mean, they're calling for his job, uh, which is, is not a good situation to be in in your rookie year. Um, yeah, and it wasn't just some of it was every single every sports single analyst yeah. said every single Matt Nagy should be fired today. Like in Pace or George or Ted not acknowledging that fact and you know, I'm not saying like I guess I am, but not that they should like listen to the news. I'm sorry, if you have every single expert, quote-unquote, or analyst screaming that this dude is inept, like, in, and you allow him to say, I'm not giving up play calling, <laughs> like, as soon as those words came out of his mouth, all three of them should have walked to the podium and just slapped him across the face. Yeah. Literally, I mean, there's, I don't know, <clears throat> I don't know how this guy, I wish I was a fly on the wall at House Hall to hear some of the, the conversations that Matt Nagy has <laughs> with Pace and, and, you know, the McCaskies. Um, and I really want to know how he's, you know, what, what, is, what is he doing to, to keep his job? I mean, I, I, let me, I would love to be able to, you know, coming day in and day out at my job and perform at uh, a low level and still maintain a job. So, oh my goodness, that'd be amazing. Yeah, like, he's worse than a weatherman at his job. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, I it's 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 really it's beyond me, man. But I think I think at the end of the day, right? I think in order for at least something. To happen, I think this this ideally this is what I would like to see happen, right? I would like to see Nagy give up play calling, at least give Justin Fields a chance, right, to to be successful. You know, because I'm not I'm not a I'm not a hundred percent you know team on board. Just just sit Justin Fields as long as Matt Nagy's not calling plays for him. I think you you stick him with. Um, you know, even laser calling plays or whatever, I think give him a chance to succeed, show his skills, play to to his strengths, you know, actually let him go out there and get those crucial reps. <clears throat> and then at the end of the season, you let go of Nagy, you know, depending on, on whoever the interim is, you, you make an evaluation. To be honest, I'm not even 100% on board with, with late. I think Orlovsky made a really good point today with just all of Chicago's coaching staff on the offensive side of the ball. Should be gone. Yes, you have. What's, what's that? Should be gone. Well, not even that, but if you look at the, at their histories, right? Bill Lazor got fired twice. Um, who else? Uh, the, the, a couple of the guys, even our offensive line coach, you know, uh, that, that's been around the league. One he's been, heel. Yeah. He's been, he's been fired a couple of times. So you, you really have this offensive – all these offensive coaches who are outcasts who haven't held other than our offensive line coach, which I think because he's just been around for a while. But for the majority of our coaches, they're, they're really kind of outcasts. They've, they've jumped around from team to team, you know, for, for a reason, right? Like they, they haven't been able to, to produce, you know, offenses or whatever. I mean, even laser being turned down, but when we were looking for a head coach in, in 2017 and we're trying to figure out if we're going to hire Nagy, 
or uh, Dave Filippio. You know, Laser was was uh, <coughs> on the radar, our radar and radar of a couple of different teams, and he didn't even get a head of co- coaching job. So, I think from that perspective, man, I think you, you want to wipe the the slate clean at the end of the season. So, ideally, you know, you 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 salvage what you can for this year. You make you you do what you can to get the most out of these coaches grooming Justin Fields, which is a lot more than what we saw on Sunday. At the end of the year, you wipe the slate clean and you bring in somebody. I mean, I would love – I think I saw it on Twitter. I, I would absolutely love if the Bears were to pull Greg Roman from um, Baltimore and, and bring him in as a head coach. I don't know if he has the acumen to, to be a head coach in, in the NFL, but I do know that Colin Kaepernick – and now Lamar Jackson have both succeeded in an offense because he knows how to draw up offenses for mobile quarterbacks, you know, that, that need to have those mobile pockets and need to have the shifting protection. He knows how to draw up, <coughs> excuse me, offenses that can support those quarterbacks. So if the Bears were able to bring in a, you know someone like Greg Roman or any, honestly, at this point, anybody else, let's be honest. Um, you know, would be ideal. But at the end of the year, the, the Bears need to wipe the slate clean when it comes to the offensive side of the ball. So, 100% on that. I mean, that's one of my biggest fears is I keep seeing so many things about that Eric B. Enemy. And I'm just like, well, one, last year he had a lot of head coaching, like, interviews. Apparently he's really bad at interviewing, so he mm. didn't get a job. But it's like – He's exactly what Nagy was. Like, everyone wants to be like, oh, he's, he's such a better offensive play caller. Well, he doesn't call plays in Kansas City. Reed yeah. does. So, right, right. like, you'd be going from one Nagy to the next, in my right. opinion. I mean, until he proves that he can call plays, like, I get that, like, uh, Mahomes likes him a lot. But, like, you're going from one to the other. Like, right. I want an actual play caller. Right. I don't. I don't understand. Like I get it. You know, Andy Reid is is when it comes to to his resume in the NFL. Like not too many other coaches, especially current active coaches, can you compare his resume to his catalog to, if you will. But I don't get the obsession now with every team in the NFL, including the Bears, being obsessed with pulling somebody off of his staff. Because even if you do, and I think Orlovsky made this point today too. Even if you do, you're not getting Andy Reid, right? You're not getting the genius behind the play calling. And more importantly, or just as important, you're not getting Pat Mahomes. You know, you're that's 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 literally look what Andy Reid was still a high powered offense, don't get me wrong, but they weren't getting close to winning the the AFC championship or the Super Bowl when um what's his face was back there. Um, yeah, Alex Smith was back there, they would compete. But at the end of the day, they they weren't they they. It was Pat Mahomes that took them to the next level. I get it. Andy Reid is a genius, an offensive genius in the NFL, right? Like you know, he runs an offense that that you know will put up a lot of points, and you want to have some piece of that. But to to think that the only way to do that is by hiring one of someone out of his coaching tree, out of his coaching staff. I think is the wrong approach to, to take. I, I share the same feelings with you. The enemy, I, I don't, I, I would hope that he wouldn't be a Nagy 2.0, but I mean, I think this experience with Nagy should, I would, I would hope that it would scare someone like 
pace or the Bears' ownership so much that they wouldn't go try and go back to that same formula because it's obviously not something that has worked out and and hasn't worked out in a couple of different places. I mean, other than uh, what's his name in Philly, who's now not unemployed. I mean, you look, look at all the rest of the coaches that have been hired from that uh, that coaching tree and Doug Peterson. Know, Doug Peterson, yeah. You look at the rest of the coaches that have been hired out of that that coaching tree, and it's it's not not necessarily worked out. So I really hope the Bears, if they do wipe the slate clean, which they obviously should um, at the end of the season, that they they think a little bit more outside of the box. I, I don't want I don't want to have a coach who they bring in where it's like, oh, well, you know, you did that because, you know, they were a part of an offense or they were part of uh, Andy Reid's uh, uh, offensive staff. Like, no, look at Reed Andy Reid's quarterbacks, McNabb, Alex Smith, <coughs> right. Pat Mahomes. Like, right. come on now. Like, like, yeah, he might be good offense, but, like, with those quarterbacks – you should have a good offense. I mean, the worst quarterback he really had was, um, I mean, he was still the coach. No, he wasn't the coach when Foles was in um, no. Philly because that was Chip Kelly. Was right? Yeah, it was Chip Kelly the first time, and the second time was Peterson. Yeah, so, like, the worst quarterback he had was maybe Michael Vick for that year. When, oh, no, no, no. You got to go way back uh, before Mike Vick got into the league or before Mike Vick got to the Eagles, um, even before McNabb. Um, he had uh, – who was the Eagles quarterback? Uh, I'd have to look it up. But, no, he had a couple of years where he didn't have you know, a very good quarterback. The thing about Andy Reid, right, is that he's consistent, right? He'll get he's, – he's a consistent coach in the fact that even with a mediocre quarterback, let's say Mitch Trubisky, for instance, He'll definitely get your teams in the playoffs. And for that, I think it, that's that's part of the, the appeal of him in his mind, right, is the fact that that he's a he's a consistent coach. He'll get you so much. But that's one of the reasons that he got chased out of um out of uh um out of Philly was because that's all he offered. That's all he did. He would get Philly with McNabb, he'd get Philly to um to the playoffs, to the uh, NFC championship, and they'd lose, you know. They lose to to the Panthers. They they lose to to whatever other team, um, you know, on on the on the on the way. Um, so that's that's, I don't know. I, I don't get me wrong. I don't want to like you know the uh, uh, blasphemy, uh, Andy Reid because I know <coughs> he has a cult following. But I, I think too many people are head over heels for what he does in the NFL without realizing. Everything else that you know, the, uh, really, how fortunate he's been with getting a Pat Mahomes, who was going to be good, you know, on any team, regardless, um, or um, you know, the being fortunate enough, um, you know, to inherit. I mean, when he, when Andy Reid came to, to to Kansas City, Kansas City had been kind of up and down, um, but had a pretty good offense at the point in time that he took over in Kansas City, um, you know, and and and, and uh, started coaching Alex Smith, so. I think, you know, from that perspective, I just, I just, I don't want, for me, I don't want to see the Bears, you know, default to going to Kansas City and trying to pick off one of those coaches and thinking that that's the recipe for for success in Chicago because it wasn't before, it hasn't been in other places, and you know, let's 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 do something else. Let's actually think mm-hmm. about you now have a franchise quarterback who's going to be the best coach that we can bring on that's going to groom 
Justin Fields and make him successful for the long term for the Bears. Completely. That's agree. So. So. <clears throat> I think we should just go ahead and wrap it up. We went a little longer than we normally have. Oh, yeah. It was a hot topic, man. There's a lot going oh, on. Oh, it was. I mean, I could keep going with it, but yeah. I feel like we should probably just wrap it too awful long. Cool. But. I appreciate it, Kirby. You have yourself a good night. Cool. You too, man. I feel better. Thanks. I'll talk to you later. All right. Sounds good. Bye. All right.